Hello and welcome to day number 18 of the Comics Cave Marathon here on the Journey Into podcast. And now we're up to the fifth offshoot. And the uh, fifth episode of the Comics Cave, I kind of branched out a little bit and I talked about a French comic called Valerian. And I had read quite a bit of Valerian to get ready for that Comics Cave episode. And so I kind of had to pick and choose which stories I wanted to talk about during the Comics Cave episode. And so it was pretty easy for me to find what I wanted to do for my offshoot. Uh, because not only were, were there other stories that I read, uh, but there were little parts of those that I liked. And so I, I picked one of those and talked about that for the offshoot. So that that's what you have to listen to today. Uh, before I forget, I should tell you what is playing over on the uh, Patreon page today, since they've already heard this Comics Cave offshoot, I'm actually uh, replaying an old Power Records story about the Man-Thing, titled The Night of the Laughing Dead. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, if you want to, head over there and check it out. And uh, yeah, take a free trial of of the Patreon and uh, check out all the other things that you haven't heard over there. And uh, maybe that'll entice you to, to sign up to be a regular member of the Patreon. I'd love to have you over there. I'd love to see you. But hey, I'll, I'll let you get over to the offshoot episode where I talk about little Laureleen. See you tomorrow. Hello there and welcome back once again to the Comics Cave. And uh, once again, we're exploring the offshoots of this cave. And this is the fifth offshoot. <laughs> In my last Comics Cave episode, I talked about Valerian. And I went through a couple stories there. I, I talked about Bad Dreams, which was the first Valerian story. And then I skipped over uh, two interlinked stories... Uh, the City of Shifting Waters, and Earth in Flames. And that was those were the second Valerian stories. I skipped over those and then talked about The Empire of a Thousand Planets. And it's because I, I definitely wanted to tell the story of The Empire of a Thousand Planets, but I also wanted to go back and uh, talk about the first Valerian story, where Valerian and Lorleen his trusted partner, met, and how that all went down, and just kind of go through that first adventure as well as their first venture out into space, at least as far as, as told by Crispin and uh, Majers in the comic book. But uh, yeah, I, I, there were a lot of interesting things in the City of Shifting Waters and Earth in Flames, and I wanted to just take a little tiny bit of that and uh, talk about that. It was, I thought it was kind of fun and very comic booky, very uh, science fiction tropey. But I think it was self referential at the time, or it was done with a kind of a wink and a nod. Maybe. I don't know. So, as you can see from the title, I titled this offshoot Lil Laureline. <laughs> and I've, I always loved that, that, uh, what is it? What is it? An abbreviation of Lil, where you had 
instead of little, it's just L-I apostrophe L, little, little. <laughs> so I made use of it here. Uh, so let me just briefly, and I'm not going to go into any amount of detail, just setting up the premise of these stories. Uh, so the city of shifting waters, um, is the sequel, I guess, to bad dreams. Once again, the evil Xambul kind of plays the arch enemy of Valerian. He escapes from prison. You know, he was the bad guy in bad dreams and he was put away in prison at the end of that. Well, of course, as all villains do, he escapes and Valerian has to go after him again. But this time, He's gone to 1986. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> and according to Valerian's history, of course, this was written in 1970. So it was 16 years in the future when it was being written. Um, so it was the future and they could pretty much make up anything they wanted. But now having lived through 1986 and way beyond, you know, 30 years, well, not quite 30 years beyond that. Um, I, I always get a kick out of this kind of thing where the future is my past or my present, um, but I'm reading something old enough that it was the future. And so a lot of the old science fiction stuff, you know, even Star Trek, you know, where the eugenic wars from Wrath of Khan took place in the 1990s, 1994 or something like that. And so again, we've lived past that back to the future. They went 30 years into the future, into 2015. Uh, but now I've lived through 2015. And, you know, to see some of the similarities and mostly the differences between what the predicted future is and what it became, it's just always fun. And so, again, we have that here, but I'm going into too much detail. Uh, basically, at this time, in 1986, between 1986 and like the 24th, fourth century or something like that is what they call the dark ages where there's no information there's no records uh, no technology that anybody knows about there was a nuclear installation in the north pole that was that exploded and melted the ice caps caused the seas to rise you know kind of an instant version of uh climate change right <laughs> So, and then all of the archives, all the scientific archives and stuff were destroyed and nothing is known from that era in Valerian's time in the 28th century. And so it's always been forbidden. You know, once the space-time jump, that era, that those dark ages were forbidden. But that's where Example goes, so that's where Valerian has to go off to. Lorleen doesn't go with him initially, but when they don't hear from him, then uh, she ends up coming back to join him in 1986. And it, the city of Shifting Waters is New York City, but it's uh, full of water now. And there's gangsters, you know, everybody's being cut off from everything. It's kind of Armageddon or whatever. But Valerian's trying to find Zombol and he runs into some robots that uh, seem to be taking scientific information and records from an archive. And anyway, eventually, Valerian and Laureline, who have kind of made friends with one of these crime bosses in New York named Sun Ray. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because they're all wearing like hippie clothes and things like that. But it wasn't like that in the real 1986. But that's just kind of the fun of it. 
Anyway, they do get captured by Xambul and his robots bring them to Wyoming near Yellowstone where his secret base is. It's almost like a like a Bond villain, you know. He's got this secret lair and underneath underground, you know, in Wyoming. And he's got all this scientific things going on. And there's this scientist named Schroeder, Mr. Schroeder. He's the kind of the last scientist around. And Zumbul is is making him do his bidding and those kinds of things. And But he wants Sunray and Valerian to join him in his world domination. He, he does respect Valerian and he wants him to be his right-hand man. And, of course, Valerian is not interested in doing that. And so to coerce him, they go down even deeper into this huge cave and they're going to show off one of Schroeder's inventions. It's called the MM or the molecular miniaturizer. (laughs) And uh, they show him like a little snow globe thing of a miniature bison that was shrunk by this ray. And then of course, Similar to what he did in Bad Dreams, he is going to use Laureline as leverage and he, his robots take her and put her into the machine and she gets shrunken down and they're able to stop the process before it becomes permanent. You know, Schroeder and Valerian kind of scheme and they knock Xambol and, and all of his robots out and they're able to stop the process, but... Unfortunately, Loreline is still really small and he can't understand her. She's talking, but he can't hear her because she's so small. So he has to pick her up and to talk to her. You know, he she can fit in the palm of his hand. And it's just kind of absurd. It's kind of funny, but it's also kind of tropey. And, you know, shrink, a shrink ray, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids or way before that, the incredible shrinking man or whatever. You know, a lot of science fiction about being shrunk. Um, Even now, you know, we have Ant-Man, right? And Giant-Man and all those kinds of things. So, and the thing that really made me laugh is (laughs) she's really upset about this. You know, she, she's not one to not be heard. She's like yelling at Valerian. She's like, I'm talking to you, you idiot. I can't shout any louder. Do something. Help me. I've had enough. This kind of thing always happens to the girls. (laughs) And I just, uh, that's where I think, you know, part of this is self-referential. You know, Crispin knows he's following into a trope here and she calls him out on it. You know, in in story, she calls it out that these kinds of things always happen to the girls. And uh, so she's being independent, but she's also being used as a trope at the same time. And that's just really cool. You know, I like these characters. I like how they're used. And uh, so she goes quite a few pages of this and uh, Schroeder says, well, the uh, the process didn't finish. So you will grow back. You're just going to have to give it some time. <laughs> and so, like I said, she rides on Valerian's shoulder and has to hold on while they're trying to escape. And eventually there's some robots that didn't get affected by their uh, ploy. And so they're being chased down by these robots. And uh, it is kind of funny also when she grows back to normal, uh, she grows faster than her clothes. 
And so, uh, she, you know, her pants are kind of ripped and, and her shirt. So she kind of has a, a bare midriff there. It's, it's not anything, you know, it's not like modern comics where it's very explicit and it focuses on the, the breasts and the butt of the women characters and stuff like that. All the characters are drawn consistently alike, but it is kind of funny, you know, it may be an, again, a little tropey, right? For the era, but, uh, <laughs> she says, I look like a scarecrow now because <laughs> her, her clothes are all ragged or whatever. But yeah, that, that's kind of fun. And, and I like the fact that Laureline is characterized in all of these stories as a very independent, smart, woman. She's not a damsel in distress. You know, she, she is in distress at times, but so is Valerian. I mean, in this very uh, story and in several of the stories, she saves Valerian. So it's not just one-sided. It's not always Valerian coming to Laureline's aid. It might even be the majority of the time she's saving Valerian. So um, that's pretty cool that she's always been this independent character, even from the 60s and 70s and 80s. Very cool. You know, the story goes on and on. Eventually, you know, Zombol is defeated. And this is the last time we see Zombol as the main villain. And after this, like I said, uh, Valerian doesn't become, well, it's still, I think it still has time travel stories. But it becomes more of a venture out into space kind of comic after this. That's what I talked about in the uh, Empire of a Thousand Planets, where that, that takes place far out in, into space. So anyway, that, that's my little nugget. This is the little offshoot uh, for this time around. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, again, it's just it's just a little little nugget. If you'd like to join me for the, the larger Comics Cave episodes. They're available at the Spelunker level, which is $5 a month. Um, I'm definitely getting into a groove and getting more of these out. And But I also wanted to bring something to you if you were just a regular uh, Patreon member at the lowest level um, so that you're getting a little bit of it. And I, I try to find little things as I'm reading that I can share with you here at all levels on Patreon. So anyway, thanks for joining me and we'll be back again soon with another Comics Cave episode and another offshoot. We'll see you then. Good night. The audio from this podcast is exclusive to patreon.com slash journey into.